Welcome to American Digital IT Unfiltered Podcast with Bob Panos and Michael Johnson. Today we're going to talk about SAP and check in with MJ a year or so into uh, uh, some uh, new changes with SAP and their RISE uh, program and talk about some other uh, happenings with SAP. So welcome, MJ. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Bob. You're welcome. So uh, we talked, I think it was last year, about the RISE program with SAP. And I think it was a little too early to see how things were going to shake out. But we talked extensively about the program, what we thought it would be, you know, SAP, where we thought they were going with the program, and what some of the ramifications of the program were going to be. So, you know, what I'd like to do today is just, you know, maybe hear from you, you know, a year plus into this program, where, where do you see things are at? Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick reminder for everyone, SAP um, released the Rise with SAP in January of 21. And the idea with that was to make an all-encompassing solution which combined all of SAP's solutions and best practices in a cloud model that provided infrastructure and support services and all that, right? But when it was announced back in January of 2021, there was still a lot of questions from customers and partners about what this is, how it's going to work, et cetera. So now we're a little over a year into it. Um, I think we have a lot more answers. And I do think that um, there's a lot more direction, both from SAP as well as the partner ecosystem and the adoption of the customers that have uh, made that journey so far. So just to start off, uh, SAP at the end of, of the previous year in 2021 made a couple announcements uh, around the adoption of RISE, which I think is a good level set to start the conversation. So uh, they claim that there's about a thousand customers that signed up for the RISE program in the past year. Note that that's only signing up. Obviously, if you're intimate with any ERP implementation, signing a contract versus actually going live. There's some time between there to get from point A to point B. So there's been at least a thousand customers that have started their journey on Rise. Um, so I think we're going to start seeing more data points here in the future as to how that journey went. Um, once it bakes in a little bit, how customers are feeling about it. And uh, ultimately where Rise will kind of fit within that ERP ecosystem. So, you know, in terms of partners and, and where the partnership with SAP is at. What's your take on it a year and a half in? Yeah, so again, always setting a baseline. The partnership when Rise was initially announced was a little ambiguous. Um, the traditional model with ECC and other platforms was there was partners and, and they were more like a traditional VAR. Um, they would sell the implementation, they would implement the, the software, they would uh, be part of supporting the software, etc. And when RISE was initially announced, a lot of that seemed to be rolled into the RISE umbrella and covered under that RISE contract, that single contract, which left the partners kind of questioning where does my organization fit, what role do I play now in the SAP ecosystem. Now that we have a little bit more answers to that, um, I think there's a little bit more of a dust settling. Um, there's been some squeezing of the partners in certain areas out of traditional spaces that they played in within the SAP ecosystem. But SAP has also tried on the flip side to offer other opportunities to the partners as well. SAP's partner ecosystem is, is massive, right? I, 
the last stat I heard, I think was upwards of 40,000 plus partners in some manner or another, right? So that's a huge ecosystem. And so SAP realizes they can't completely shut the door on that ecosystem and, and just take ownership of the entire relationship. Um, they do need those partners, um, but they've been select in determining which partners come along with that rise journey, which partners, you know, kind of fall under that rise support umbrella, or maybe that hyperscaler support or infrastructure model. Um, and then the rest of the partners, they're opening things up to what they're considering a new uh, avenue of business and revenue stream, which is more in the application development space. And we'll probably touch into that a little bit later, so I won't dive too deep yet. Yeah, I take American Digital, you know, as a, as a partner that was part of, you know, the that ecosystem. It seems to me that the RISE program seems to be competitive to what we do. Right. And for us to enter into kind of where SAP is, I think, pushing their partners. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It seems, you know, they want them to go up the stack, if you will, to your point, application development, things of that nature. But that's not, you know, that's a that's a big change for a partner like ourselves. So I think to myself, okay, you know, how do we compete in that world? You know, uh, customers, I think. And you correct me if I'm wrong, MJ, but customers, I would think, would be the ones to say, no, 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 I want to work with, you know, you name the, the partner, right? I don't want to go to the cloud necessarily, uh, but, you know, I want to work with my partner who I've always worked with and trust, right? Yeah, that's actually um, something that SAP has, has had to pivot with the original announcement arise, right? It was kind of billed as this all-encompassing solution where you just sign one contract, you have, um, you know, one invoice at the end of the month and SAP takes care of everything. Well, as we peel back the layers of the onion, we realize that that racy chart is a lot more complicated than what most people thought. And so there was some gray areas where who's going to cover what. And ultimately, enough customers pushed back to where SAP realized that now they need to offer some more options or more flavors of RISE that allow partners like American Digital or others to fit in within that RISE ecosystem. Even if you're not necessarily under that RISE umbrella that SAP comes to the table with to the customer first, right? What I mean by that is an organization is looking to go to RISE. SAP will say, here is your platform. You know, we have an infrastructure provider. You don't need to know who it is. You don't need to care who it is. We're going to own that relationship, but they're going to provide infrastructure. We have a partner who's going to provide database services, whatever, right? And a lot of organizations, to your point, had existing relationships, had partnerships in which they didn't necessarily want to move away from. So SAP has now taken a step back and become a little bit more flexible to allow the customer to now bring value partners into that rise equation and kind of insert them there where maybe SAP would initially make a suggestion to say, here's how we would architect supporting you. And then the partner or the, uh, the customer would come in and say, well, no, I have a partner that now wants to fit in this role. So um, you know, let's insert that partner now into that contract. So that's how it's kind of starting to play out. Yeah. And fourth, you know, as you talk about it playing out on our side of the business, I've seen our partners come to us and say, hey, there, there is a place for you in this SAP Rise play that SAP is, is going to market with. And there is there is room for an infrastructure and managed services partner to come in and manage services around the infrastructure which has historically been our, our kind of our role and then the basis services on top of that. So there is room for us to play there. And well, a year ago, 
we didn't think there would be. So that that's, I think, a positive thing, given what you're talking about. You know, when you really dive deep into the offering, you know, and you look at to the racy chart level, who is going to do what? I mean, it sounds to me like Rise covers the basics, right? They're not going to be everything to all people. I mean, you want there's different levels of service, right? And it sounds like they have the basic level uh, that covers the basics, but then there's there is room for us to play, you know, uh, for basis, for infrastructure support, etc. You know, even even for infrastructure in a sense too. I, I, at least what I'm hearing. Yeah, actually, that's funny. So um, I was recently talking to an SAP customer about that RACI chart, right? And on the surface, you know, high level rises is an all-encompassing great solution, right? But I forget the exact number of line items, but it's over 2,000 line items on the RACI chart, right? I mean, that's a lot of different spots of responsibility. Um, and when you dive into it, you'd be surprised at how many gaps or areas to fill there are in that. Um, because as you mentioned, SAP may cover the basics, right? Um, but really, most organizations don't need the basics. They need a little bit more uh, robust solution. They need to consider things like security and other stuff that may or may not necessarily meet the needs of the business by what SAP is just initially bringing to the table, right? So that's where that partners fit in, right? They need to be brought in to bolster that rise. So, and this is exactly what we want to kind of hash out uh, on this particular podcast or, or, you know, a year ago, it was all scary and, oh my God, you know, what are we going to do? There's no room for us to play. And the reality of the situation is it's not that dire, the situation. It's more uh, nuanced, if you will, right? We, there is room for us to play. I, talking to some customers recently, I mean, you know, you talked about the thousand or so that have signed up for Rise. I mean, it, you know, the way I'm hearing it, SAP is essentially saying, look, you got to buy Rise. I don't, we don't care what you do with your software. You have to buy Rise going forward. And that's if you're new to the new licenses or whatever you're doing, Rise is the way forward. And I get it. It's their business models are prerogative. But some customers, you know, they, don't, they do not necessarily want to go to the public cloud, right? And they have options even with the Rise program to do something different. But nonetheless, it's not necessarily you know, a thousand customers using Rise, right? It's a thousand customers licensed and paying maintenance for Rise and they may be doing other things in reality behind that. And, and the other thing I've heard, and you, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong and we can get into the Sapphire conference here a little bit, is adoption of S4 HANA still is behind what the projected adoption rate that SAP wanted. Is that a fair statement? Yes, it is and it isn't. So um, I'm a big believer in stats, so I came prepared with a few things. So so actually, as of last year, at the end of calendar 2021, um, there was 17,500 S4 HANA subscribers, right? Um, which actually technically beat SAP's expectation of where they thought S4 was. But yeah, collectively, I think in the ecosystem, we all agree that the adoption of the solution has been a little slower than what we thought. It was released in 2015. We're almost seven years in, and we're you know 17,000 ish customers subscribing to it. Again, that's not necessarily implementing and running it. Correct. Out of the I don't know 100,000 plus SAP customers around the world, right? So there's still a long way to go. Is the push to rise the desire of SAP to get people to S4 HANA? I mean, is that one of the main drivers behind that? Um, I actually I don't think so. Um. 
I think that SAP obviously wants to get everyone to S4 HANA. Um, I think the primary driver was to capture cloud revenue, right? And drive people to the cloud model. Um, SAP has traditionally been a little slow in the cloud space, um, especially the SaaS space, right? They were one of the last ERPs yeah. to get in that space. I feel like they're doing a little bit of an overcorrection and they're trying to go all in. And actually they, they, they don't necessarily categorize. Um, SAP was very, deliberate in, in how they consider their platform. It's supposedly a non-technology, non-product offering, which therefore means it doesn't have any competition in that particular category. Um, so they're rolling, obviously, a lot of different industry solutions and technology solutions and, and concepts, AI and sustainability, a lot of those like, you know, pie in the sky type of concepts into that, that RISE program and that S4 program. So got it. that I think is their big driver, right? They want to get customer adoption to really capture the cloud and that like next generation. Got it. So, so I, yeah, I mean, personally, um, I see NetSuite being one of the poster children for, you know, uh, ERP or running your business, which, you know, truth be told, we run on NetSuite, um, for as a smaller business, it's, it's the right product for us, but, uh, I, I can see SAP, wanting a slice of that revenue then going more downstream too as they develop you know more of a, a formal offering you know because these all seem to be custom right you know offering they don't have that SaaS model like a NetSuite does but it sounds like they want maybe Wall Street or or the market to see them as as that type of company do I have that right? Yeah yeah and actually they're they're very cognizant of positioning their messaging to a way, especially when they talk, if you ever listen to their earnings calls, they used to talk about like their success in terms of deal sizes and, and that sort of thing, right? They obviously still talk about revenue growth and the different areas, right? But they've actually moved more towards their messaging around like um, business outcomes and customer success and customer loyalty as opposed to, you know, size of deals and that sort of thing. So I think that's that's a paradigm shift that's really trying to capture more of that um, that mind share of, of the SaaS model, the next generation of where technology is evolving, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and it's, it's, I think it's, for them, it's, I think, the right move to kind of shift that mindset, you know, more around outcomes as opposed to, you know, like you said, you know, deal size. Oh, we got this much software revenue, right? It's more about, hey, we help these clients do X, Y, and Z, which is what all of us strive to do, right? It's not, not about necessarily about the journey uh, in this part of the business, right? It's more about the outcome, right? We, we get there how we get there, but you want the desired outcome for the uh, the customer. That's really the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's SAP's messaging, but don't get me wrong. I mean, they are still very interested in deal size. And I wrote this stat down because I thought this was, I got a little chuckle out of it. So um, their Q4 in 2021, 50% of their deals came from large, long-term, profitable deals of 5.7 million or more. So, okay, so still. They're still going after the deals. It's just the messaging that they're putting out there and the way they're portraying it is a little bit more of a you know rosier, um, next-generation, buzzword type of messaging. So, Got it. All right, well, let's take, let's shift gears to the Sapphire Conference. So, you know, it was a little bit, I don't know, funny, ironic uh, that you know, a couple weeks out, you came to me and said, hey, you know, um, there is room for partners at Sapphire because I believe you told me it was by invite only and our invite must have been lost <laughs> in the mail. We'll blame COVID. But um, no, but all kidding aside, you know, you said, hey, they've opened it up. 
right? And for whatever reason, who knows, right? Just maybe they were trying to keep it smaller or whatever. But I did attend with you, and I and I'll give you my take. My take was it was a, you know, it seemed to me what I've heard was people could have fewer conversations but better conversations, right? Because it wasn't the massive conference that it was. So I actually saw a positive thing, maybe that they kept a bunch of uh, people away from it initially and then opened it up at the last minute. But uh, I, I want to hear your take and, you know, beyond just beyond the actual attendance part, but, you know, what, what kind of messaging you heard there because you attended more yeah. sessions than I did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I've been going to Sapphire for over a decade, right? So I've seen many iterations of the event. Um, and you were absolutely right in a lot of your points, right? This year, traditionally, it's a very large scale industry conference with, you know, I've heard reports of anywhere between 20 and 27,000 people, right? This year, it was a lot more slimmed down in terms of the number of attendants. The scale was pretty close to the same size. Um, I've heard anywhere between five and 7,000 people attended this year. So you can imagine the same size conference hall that holds, you know, tens of thousands just had a few thousand people in it. So there was a lot more space. There was a lot more interaction and an opportunity to have valuable conversations with people. So that was absolutely a positive. The difference is, um, I think it lost some of the previous benefits um, that maybe other partners and, and outside of SAP organizations brought to Sapphire. And what I mean by that is the content was very SAP driven. Uh, a lot of marketing messaging, a lot of the presentations were put on by SAP employees. Um, in previous Sapphires, a lot of the content was driven by partners and customers. So you heard a lot of customer success stories telling their story about how they had a problem, they overcame it, or how a partner helped a customer overcome a problem with their solution, right? So it's a little bit of a different paradigm shift in, in how you consume the conference content. You know, it was very SAP messaging focused um, and, and very controlled messaging, I guess I should say. And, and a lot of the messaging was around a couple main pillars, right? Rise was the number one pillar they were talking about. Um, the SAP Business Network, which is SAP's idea to kind of consolidate and help the supply chain. So they basically have this platform solution where vendors are there and if you're a customer, you can get in this business technology or business network and connect with vendors easily as opposed to onboarding them outside of you know, an SAP, just simplifying the, the, the flow of, of data and, and commerce. And then it was a big push of sustainability too, which is one of those, again, pie in the sky type of concepts. Lovely idea, great, but some of the people I talked to had a hard time connecting their current struggles of how do I move from a legacy ECC system over to S4 into that sustainability messaging. It was just a little too far in the future for them. So that was maybe some of the downfall of the content uh, people want to see real, more real-world applications. They want to speak to their peers um, more so than the SAP staff and, and um, SAP product leads. You know, pushing a specific message. Do you think it was by design that SAP was trying to have more of a marketing messaging, uh, a conference as opposed to, you know, customer? Use case centric conference because in the past that that when I have attended that is what I've enjoyed is you know you go and you see oh such and such CIO from you know some manufacturing company or you know uh, whatever company is up there talking about okay here's what how uh, we took the journey you know to go to whether it was S four or Hana or whatever but you know they were talking about it right and do you think 
you know, again, back to the lack of, you know, partners uh, being invited. Do you think that was by design? Do you think it was, you know, just maybe a misstep on their part of, of keeping it closed off to partners and maybe therefore the, the customers of those partners? Yeah, I definitely think it was by design. Um, and it was by design for probably a few reasons. First was probably to control the messaging, right? Not that in the past the messaging has ever gotten out of control, but I think SAP saw this opportunity to reinvent Sapphire because it's been a few years since it's been an in-person event, right? Um, and maybe get their arms more around the entire event and, and control the messaging better. I also do think that there is you know, that the pandemic piece played a bit into it. Maybe they were a little hesitant because if you're not familiar with um, Sapphire, it, it takes months and months of planning, you know, back in the fall of 2021, maybe they were a little hesitant to commit to a massive event of 20, 30,000 people, right? So maybe they knew they needed to keep it smaller. They wanted to start smaller. What I think ended up happening though, sometime around that like March, April timeframe is their best laid plans were just that, right? They realized that they did not get the adoption and the buy-in to what they thought they were gonna get based on the positioning of a smaller event, doing invite only. They didn't get the customer response they wanted. Only opening it to specific partners. You know, they didn't get a lot of interest they thought they would have gotten from partners. And these partners weren't necessarily disinterested in going to Sapphire because SAP changed it, the partners didn't have any history to know what the event was gonna look like, how many people were gonna be there, who was gonna be there, and frankly, to justify the cost because with fewer partners footing the bill, the costs were a little higher per partner. So there's a lot of factors there, I think, that, that drove both the initial shape of the conference and then how it evolved within the last like month or so before the actual conference took place, which you referred to earlier. It was previously a private invite only, and then SAP opened it up and, and said, now it's open to the public. Anyone can come from partners to customers. So I think they needed to kind of do a self-correction really quick and get some more people to buy in. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with future Sapphire conferences, uh, you know, whether they continue down this, the, the marketing messaging route or, or go back to more of a traditional conference. Um, hopefully, you know, at least from a, from a, a conference attendee standpoint, uh, you know, COVID doesn't play as big a role in future years. And we get more, you know, into uh, uh, what it was like a few years ago, kind of, you know, a conference experience, but we'll see. That's a, nobody can tell at this point, right? Which yeah. is probably why they ran into some of the issues they ran into um, and planned accordingly. So you, you can't fault them for that. I, I, in fact, I give them credit for for hosting it in person. To be honest with you, there's still companies out there that don't want to host yet in person a big conference like that. Yeah, so, and, and honestly, the, the vibe around the entire place was extremely positive. Everyone was happy to see each other. Yeah. They were hungry and looking for information. They wanted to. Um, converse. So I thought that was probably the biggest win of the conference. However, SAP handled it, wherever their missteps were, you know, there was positive and negatives everywhere. Um, but I think everyone was just more energized, you know, and, and I think the messaging out of that is SAP should take what they did this year, look at the constructive feedback, which many people provided and make course adjustments and, and hopefully create a better conference the following year. So, so um, uh, one final question to close this one out positive that train replaced Pitbull or negative? <laughs> well, that's funny. I mean, I'm a big fan of Mr. Worldwide, but um, I, I think train was a good conference as well. And, and to SAP's credit, you know, they, they still put on a really big show. 
um, for less attendees. So I, I applaud them for that. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I, I enjoyed training. I got to say they did yeah. a great job, but, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the conference itself was very enjoyable. You got to have a lot of conversations and I think, um, with the fewer people in attendance, better conversations. So any final words? Um, I mean, I guess I, I said what I said about the conference, which is all great. Just kind of touching back on Rise, you know, and, and getting a, a little bit of a perspective. You know, I, I applaud SAP for the way they're able to course correct on Rise and how it's an ever-evolving product. And that's exactly what it is, right? So customers should look at it that, that way. The other thing customers should look at is, is I view Rise, when you have your conversation with uh, your, your AEs, as the starting point for the conversation and know that that's not the finish line, right? There's a lot of places and a lot of ways you can shape the conversation, um, involve partners, uh, you know, like American Digital and others to fill those gaps and or bring along trusted partnerships because ultimately that's what made the SAP ecosystem so strong. The long-standing relationships with the customers and the partners. So just know that that is a, it's an option on the table, but it's not the only option, right? When you go to Rise or if you look at going to Rise, I will also finally note too that, you know, it's, it's specific to S4, and I know we only dabbled in it, you know, there definitely is momentum in the space picking up. Um, and I think that's a positive for customers. Uh, you know, the, the conversation when you're looking to make the move to S4 is probably starting with Rise and, and understanding where and how that may fit into your organization um, and then expanding from there. Uh, and frankly, you know, we have these conversations day in and day out with customers. We help them along the journey. We do these road mapping exercises all day. So we're very familiar with that conversation. But the important thing is, you know, to, to not be a closed mind and not necessarily think that Rise is the only option, right? It's a good starting point, but there's many other options out there. And there's many flavors of SAP, just like we all, all learned throughout uh, you know, our careers in the SAP space. So, Well, we're, we're part of that ecosystem because it's, it's a value to customers who run SAP it's valuable to us as an organization, and uh, to your point, you know, we're happy to help customers out there that that want to make that journey and help guide them, right? At least give them our perspective on what they should do. So, yeah, I mean, it's listen. The the main goal, or one of the main goals, and, and big positives of a conference like Sapphire is. In your organization, you can sometimes be in an echo chamber, right? You're running SAP, you've got very bright people around you, but like you've only known what you've seen within your organization. And so you need events, you need partners like American Digital, you need other organizations to gain perspective and figure out what they've done, know what to ask, where to look, figure out how uh, you know a problem can be solved in a different way and looking at it from a different perspective or a different light. So, so absolutely, I mean, like I said, American Digital does this day in and day out, so we help customers navigate those waters and, and attending events uh, with your peers is another great way to do that too. So, Well, I would say 50% of, of attending one of the events that we host is so that you can talk to your peers, talk to them about what they're doing, you know, what pitfalls maybe they had, what benefits they've seen from doing whatever, you know, project they, they're doing. I think that that's at least half the reason to attend, uh, you know, one of our events. So thank you, MJ, for joining me today. Appreciate uh, your insight. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Yeah, you're welcome. And for those out there who uh, want to check out some of our other podcasts, you can listen to them on your favorite podcast platform. Again, it's American Digital IT Unfiltered. Thank you for joining us today.